everybody, and welcome back to the Over the Bar podcast. As always, it is your home for all things U.S. men's national soccer, U.S. soccer in general, a little bit of international soccer sprinkled in there. We're back from our week, week-long hiatus or two-week-long, however it's been. I know it's been quite a while. As always, I'm your host, Noah. I'm here with my co-host, Sumer. Sumer, how are we doing today, man? Yes, sir. What is up? After a, a good weekend of, of some uh, U.S. youth soccer, doing not doing too shabby. Um, but yeah, glad to be back. And there was a little bit of a break there, but uh, I am appreciative of the fact that we get to talk about the U.S. soccer a little bit more today. Absolutely, man. A lot of stuff going on, too. And we will have our our third our third co-host, Nick, back. Nick will be back at uh, at some point. He's hoping to get him back on for the next episode. He's been busy with a lot of Street FC stuff, I know. That's right, right? A lot of Street FC stuff he's been doing, a lot of, lot of, lot of footy. Contact. Yeah, he's, a, he's got Street FC that he's been doing a lot. He's been doing like side meetings. They've been adding games and stuff. Cool, cool little thing he's doing there. But uh, yeah, we'll hope to get him back soon. But we'll take it for now. We got it. We got it. And we got content too. Not so much from a senior team level. A lot of stuff from a youth level going on right now, Sumer. Yeah, it depends how you look at content. I think of true, content true, as true. as you know movements in in career and teams as well. But yes, on the field, uh, the youth uh, the youth boys been balling. I will say that they 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 most certainly have them. But I, I like that you you know, kind of went to our our senior team boys for a little bit too because there has been movement, specifically some career movement. Um, a lot of a lot of news coming down when it comes to transfers and things like that. I know we've had it probably at this point three or four guys with confirmed transfers or basically confirmed transfers. I don't know if that sounds right to you, but and we got PFOC, Jordan PFOC as, as one of the most recent, uh, the move from BSC Young Boys to Union Berlin, correct? Yeah, yeah. Saw that. Peeped that. Any thoughts on that one? I like it. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, really cool chance for him. I think it's an interesting club. They're playing Europa League football this year. So to see him playing in that, you know, competition after Champions League success um, last year, or was that against Manchester United in Europa again? With No, it was Davis Champions League. It was both Champions. against United and Atalanta okay. this year, yeah. I'm just saying, this is, you know, a big step up in the league, and it'll be interesting to see how he does with a, a team that's competing for the top in the Bundesliga, actually, at the moment, with Union Berlin. Should be fun. I, I think I agree. It's a good chance for him to test himself in, in a more physically demanding league and hey, maybe get himself back into the picture. I mean, look, we've seen guys, we've seen our guys tear it up by before. And if he's if he stinks and doesn't play, it might really affect him. Um, you know, versus being at BSC Young Boys and having scored 12 goals up to the World Cup date, maybe, you know. So it is challenging him, but if you're gonna look at form in that position, you gotta hope that the move turns out successful. Speaking of form potentially turning up. I think we've got a couple of our goalkeepers potentially moving to places that have been confirmed to that, that may help with their form pre-World Cup too. Obviously now we're, we got, when, you know, the World Cup was, we were, we were qualifying for that. We thought we were going to go into the World Cup with three goalkeepers being not starters for their clubs, which is not the most ideal situation, but the teams have turned now. Ethan Horvath getting, getting some moves, getting some, some notices. What you got for their form, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, what what did we see the other day? Ethan Horvath to Luton Town in the championship. Um, they finished sixth last year, so they were in the playoffs. Uh, but they unfortunately did not obviously, you know, qualify for the Premier League and promote themselves. But um, a you know, finally maybe a championship level starting goalkeeper. You know, we wish we saw that with Nottingham, and we did a few times, and it was successful. You know, in that in that six game span he had in like February, but. 
hopefully he gets the shot here to be the number one the entire season. And this is somebody who could 100% be in form come November if he's played 12 games by for Luton Town. How, is it, how do you say it? The Hatters? The Haters? I couldn't tell you at all. It's spelled H-A-T-T-E-R-S. I'm going to go with Hatters. It would make sense to me. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to think that there's him. any Ethan Horvath haters out there. No yeah, because they Ethan Horvath hater. Bro, they were like happy, happy uh Fourth of July. I saw today to all of our American haters. I was like, there's no way it can be American haters. It's American oh, yeah, yeah. haters. Gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. So no, that'll be great for E though. Um look, he proved himself, I think, last year in that six grand stretch that he is one of was one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. Um, behind by Bryce Samba, I think that I saw some graphs that that, that uh, both he and Samba were like in the top quadrant for goalkeepers in the championship, and it's just you know tough situation for Ethan being behind also one of the best keepers in the championship. But hopefully he'll get to show his level now. That'll be great. That'll be great. And another goalkeeper hopefully going to show their level too. I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I've heard a lot of Zach Steffen to Middlesbrough coming up. I think that'll be a good move for him. I think. I hope. Maybe I'm just manifesting. Yeah, can't say I know much about either Middlesbrough either. Um, I know that uh, who was there? Balogun was there last season, the second half of last season. So yep. I kind of peeped just some of their stats and whatnot throughout the season. Um, but, you know, again, a spot here for Zach Steffen to potentially be the starting goalkeeper since since his days with Freiburg. Uh, not Freiburg, um, Dusseldorf. Sorry, Dusseldorf. Yep. Yep. And um, I like him at Dusseldorf. You know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, Hypeness around him. He was playing well. So hopefully we can see this again with Middlesbrough. I would love to see it. Two championship goalkeeper starters. Like, just give me informed goalkeepers playing well. That's all I ask. That's what it's going to be, man. And look, we've seen, like, Stefan is – Stefan's a talented goalkeeper. It's just I think a lot of him is, is, you know, being able to shake off the rust, being able to to play week in, week out to really get his form and confidence back. And, and I think this is going to be a good chance for him to at least show, okay, is he still in the picture? Can he still be that number one guy again? So, Yeah. Great opportunity for him. Um, trying to think, any other transfers go down this weekend that we need to? Any other career movements we really need to talk about? I mean, we'll get into the meat is, of things. Is Haji official? Haji no, to one of a million different clubs. I know that Hull City interested him. Uh, he was very happy about the project. I heard that you know there were potentially Champions League clubs interested, but he was sold on the Hull City project, um, which is you know. Look, I think that speaks volumes about a guy to, to want to go to a project, to want to prove himself somewhere, to, to want to help a team, to, you know, grow like that rather than just taking the easy out, going to a Champions League club. And we'll see. But I haven't heard anything official, you? No, nothing official. But I guess another one that's kind of like, I mean, if you claim as uh, Fabrizio Romano as official, then maybe official. Um, Tyler Adams to Leeds. Just wanted to mention that. Obviously, that looks like that's going to happen today, tomorrow. Soon. Looks like it's going to happen real soon. I think that'll be, I don't know. I, I could talk for a long time about this one. I don't save, know. save it for the transfer. Save it for next week. We'll I, get I into all the transfers. That'll be smart. We'll, we'll definitely talk more about some you know potential transfers, some some hypothetical transfers, some things we'd want to see next week. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at this for now. I'm not entirely sure. I'm obviously hoping the best for Tyler. I'm, I'm not entirely sure if it's the smartest move for him or if it's the smartest move for Jesse Marsh, but we will see. Um, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but Hey, good for Tyler to, you know, get his club situation sorted. I think that's, what's important for a lot of these guys pre, uh, pre world cup is just get their, get their club situation sorted. If anything, get regular playing time, get minutes. So hundred percent. Yeah. But then let's move on, shall we to the main thing 
main crux of our show this this uh, this fine day. The U.S. U20s, CONCACAF U20 World Champs. Let's go, baby. Vamos. Oh, so hype. Vamos. Not only that, though, Sumer. Not just not just CONCACAF U20 World Champs. Qualifiers for the Olympics. Qualifiers for the U20 World Cup. I, I mean, this tournament has to be viewed as an ultimate success, right? Yeah, yeah. We got all three of the objectives we were looking for. Um, you know, I think this is a tournament the U.S. should win most of the time. You know, bearing some some setbacks and other teams, but I'm happy to see it. And it was a, they did it in a convincing way. The style of play, the football that was being played on the on the field, the the prospects, the players that they were missing while going through this, the head coach making. You know, from top to bottom, I really enjoyed watching this entire tournament and following this team, and they they made it easy to watch and made me want to tune in every time. So I, lo- I love this tournament, and I'm happy for all these players. No, I, I, I can't help but, but agree with you on that one. I think, I don't know, I, 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 the best, what is one of the best soccer halves from especially a U20 perspective, but, but even like to some of the senior team perspectives was that, uh, that first half in the semifinal against Honduras, we ended up winning that game three, nothing, um, three goals in the first half. And it just looked comprehensive. And, and I, I've never seen a U.S. team. I feel like I've never seen a U.S. U20 team play like that. I've never seen maybe even a, the senior team play like that. It was just beautiful ball cr- progression through the thirds, creating chances through midfield, using the width, manipulating space runners in behind like it was just it felt like everything was there on display and it felt like these players were allowed to just be free and play their game and like that's i love to see that at that level yeah it was it, it was very you know they're bearing some cer- certain players or whatnot um a lot of these field conditions you can see the ball just on a, on a 10 yard pass just in the middle of the roll just bounce up out of nowhere like would it just hit a rock or something um so the conditions sometimes weren't even that great but to see this team play like that kind of style of of, of, of soccer and look to play that style no matter what like yes it was choppy but no it doesn't matter we're gonna play through it and tick tock tick tock you know so it was awesome i mean who are your kind of players that you saw you know throughout the tournament now looking at it that really uh i guess let's start off with impressed you you know who who really impressed you with their performances this, this, that's, this that's whole thing. great question i, I think I mean, there's a lot of impressive performances, right? And that's going to happen when you win a tournament as comprehensively as the U.S. did. Uh, look, I'll, I'll hammer on the obvious one right now. Uh, it, was, it was his tournament, all tournament long, it felt like, especially in the knockout rounds, Paxton Aronson. Uh, I feel like we saw a Paxton kind of come into his own a little bit in this tournament. Um, the kid showed why he has a lot of the promise that people give him, right? technical ability in bundles the kid's ability in tight spaces to turn to pick his head up to find a pass to get into dangerous positions to to provide either the final ball or finish off the final ball he just seems like i don't know and and maybe it's because he's playing against you know kids who are also 18 and 17 18 who don't maybe don't have the amount of professional experience that he does but i think you could see from pax and errands in this tournament that that wow there is there's a player here this kid is, is good. I will say this was the case with a lot of the players on this team. You know, they haven't gotten the time 
with their team, with their club teams to showcase their ability too much uh, or their club situations. And then a player comes to this tournament and totally excels. And this is, you know, the, you know, Paxson Aronson and Jack McGlynn are never, ever, ever playing 85 minutes for the Philadelphia Union from start to finish. I think they, you know, I think maybe they could, but I'm saying that it just hasn't happened. And so they come to this team and they actually get that playing time and everything like that. And it's a, you know, a whole new boost of confidence and just a lot of time to do, yeah, do, do certain things. Um, speaking about Paxton, you know, what an individual display this entire tournament clearly dominated the entire field, you know, most, most of these games and um, was such a joy to watch and just made me just drool at the thought of two Aaronsons playing for the U S men's national team one day. Question for you with regard to that, actually, because just, just kind of slightly off topic, but different, Paxton, I think he showed it this tournament. He's a different kind of player than his brother. He's, he's way more technical, I feel like, at least in terms of like, you know, the, the skill sets that we've been showing. And I think we have to also kind of as a side note, remember that anytime we're, we're talking about these kids positively or negatively, right? They're, they're 17, 18 years old. It's, but still, I think when you look at a skill set, Paxton so much more technical, it feels like, than Brendan. Maybe doesn't have the pressing instincts. Maybe doesn't have the, the lung capacity at the moment to like run as much as Brendan does, but. I don't know. He just impresses me with the ball in tight areas. And I feel like different kinds of players, but if you had to pick one with a higher ceiling right now, nice man. Does Paxton have the ceiling over his brother? I know it's young and, 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 you know, whatever, but as a hypothetical. He's got a ceiling, man. You know, he's got a really high ceiling. And um, I don't know. I feel like after this tournament, depending on the way things go with the union, he could be looking at a top club, you know, from, from start, you know, from the first jump. So, you know, his technical ability is off the charts, the way he plays the 10, the way he, you know, is also able to run in behind, always looking for a shot, can hit it right, left, very accurate shooter, you know, just very strong. So I see, I see big teams probably coming for him. Um, but for me, another player, you know, talking about, well, one thing actually I wanted to say was you can just see that we are looking, the one thing that I'm very impressed by and what I'm trying to say is, the style of players we're selecting and building in this country, you know, and different things. The the Paxton Aronsons and the Diego Lunas, the, the players on the ball like this, we, we, we never used to build maybe players like that. And that comes down to, you know, the youth systems and development in this country just improving and the ability for coaches to recognize, you know, promise and skill in different sets of players. Uh, you can have the, the Kate Cowles and the Quinn Sullivans, but then you can also have the Diego Lunas, who no one probably thinks walking down the street is a amazing soccer player. No, I agree. And, and I think you're, you're completely accurate in that, that it's, it's a change in the mindset of our youth systems and, you know, how we're developing players, a change in, in skill recognition. But I also think it's, it's, I mean, and I'm noticing a change in the way that U S soccer is starting to value talent and value important skill sets, right? We used to, for so long, U S soccer has just developed athletes. We've developed guys who are going to be bigger, faster, bigger, faster, stronger than, than the next guy over. And that's how we're going to win games. And, and soccer is so much more than that. So much of the time. And, and I feel like there's been a shift in emphasis on the kinds of players we're developing the kinds of players we're giving, giving big moments to, to it's not necessarily just the pure athletes anymore. I mean, obviously not to say guys like Paxton and, and Diego Luna aren't athletic, but it's not just the sheer, I'm going to outmuscle you. I'm going to outspeed you. I'm going to outwork you kind of thing. It's, it's placing more of an emphasis on guys who, have that ball knowledge, have those intangibles, have those, that, that technical ability 
that sauce, if you will, Sumer, the straight sauce, because that's what I saw from Diego Luna this tournament, just straight sauce. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, you know, players in the past weren't, there weren't players in the past like this. You know, I think of Nick Tadigu, you know, obviously Pulisic was, a, you know, a quick player on the ball, uh, but it just, I just wanted to basically just give a huge shout out to the youth systems, the youth soccer system in this country, mm. just, just so out producing, you know, mass amounts of players and only going to be increasing each, each club is just improving their Academy. And if you're, if you're behind, you're like, you're really missing out, you know, you're missing out, you're seeing, you're seeing the, the repercussions. So um, another player for me though, that I wanted to highlight was um, Diego Luna, obviously, as you just mentioned, thought he had a phenomenal tournament. What an interesting type of player. Not a lot of people, including myself, knew too much about him. Obviously saw his success with locomotive um, down in, poke whatever that is uh el paso um but saw this move to real salt lake and haven't really seen much so this was a really impressive tournament he's such a unique player on the ball and uh love to watch him play he's just phenomenal so i'm excited to see where this like goes for him you know what's gonna happen at rsl yeah i i really hope that he he shines with rsl i mean when you talk about unique skill sets i think diego luna is is one of the players in this in this u20 setup that that just kind of comes to mind as a guy who is going to bring something creative. He's going to bring some, a little bit of flair. He's going to do something unexpected. And he's the type of player that can almost pull, pull a goal or an assist or a key moment out of what seems to be nothing. Um, I was worried going into this tournament just because I hadn't seen guys like Luna, really. I was worried about, you know, the, the ability of our, our players from wide or, you know, even our, our central attacking midfielders to I was worried about their ability to, to beat guys 1v1, to you know, maybe beat a man on the dribble and find space and be able to, to find that penetrating pass. And Diego Luna, for me, was a fresh spark in terms of the ability to beat his man on the dribble and, and just immediately break lines with one swift movement. Look, he's just, you know, flawless on the ball, and it is so fun to watch him in a U.S. men's national team shirt. Um, I could talk for days. I want to just say it in a group, the, the whole Philadelphia Union boys, I mean, we could talk about each single one of them, but all four of them were really impressive this tournament. A lot of them have not been getting the time this year that they want, um, especially the players like Brandon Craig. And they really showed out. They, they showed that there is some skill there. There is some promise there. And for some of these guys, there is a lot of skill and promise. So shout out to the Philadelphia Union and, and those four guys. Um, and there's more coming. They just won the U-17 MLS Next Cup um final so there's there's more on the way i love brandon craig personally i think he was one of the i've seen him play um obviously i watched the revelations cup which i don't really think counts for a lot of things that was a weird cup and weird things happened mikey had just been on the job for like a day and i don't know it was was a strange cup but the point being is that I, i saw brandon there and i wasn't terribly impressed i knew that he is wonderful on the ball from his, as a center back, but potentially there were question marks over his physicality, his ability to grow into his size. I think a lot of those questions weren't necessarily answered this tournament, but I, he was better on the ball this tournament than I even thought he could be. I, I hadn't seen, I hadn't his really set seen pieces? set pieces were beautiful. I, it is so, and I, I have seen this cause I've, I've seen it with the, the, uh, the union two games. But he takes the corners, you know, this is the center back. Uh, I do want him in there sometimes for sure. But like his set piece delivery is can be really strong. Sometimes I thought free kicks were strong. 
Um, it's corners sometimes, but free kicks I really liked. Yeah, I know he had at least one assist that I'm remembering from a free kick. Uh, it may or may or may not have been more, but yeah, no, I, I he's got a great dead ball on him, especially from those unique angles that free kicks can generate. I'm not psyched about the corners thing. I, I just because only because he's six two and I kind of want him up there, but look, even his ability on the ball to to break the first line of a press to find a penetrating pass into midfield that's game changing, especially at the U twenty level. But but even even from even at a senior team level, right? I mean, look, wh- why do we keep calling for guys like John Brooks and Chris Richards to be starters? That's part of it because they're guys who can break the lines with passes like that. And Brandon Craig just seems to be the next up in a long wave of ball playing center backs that seem to have that ability. And, and it just adds so much to a game. If you have a center back who can do that. Yeah. I, I, I'm just thinking right now, like, I'm like, Oh, who's the, you know, who, who was I most impressed by maybe next? But uh, I just wanted to say we're highlighting all these players and yeah, you know, you have to think and remember all the players who could have been on this roster and the fact that this team was able to do it and the depth in this roster, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. You lose Jeff, Justin Che. Um, okay, well, why don't we just call up Brandon Craig? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be good there. Oh, we're going to lose, uh, um, you know, uh, Dante Seeley? Okay, well, we got the next guy. Like, there's just always the next guy. There's always someone else. And even the guys who are high level that could that are obviously on the senior team that could be playing with, you know, Reyna and Musa. Um, so this U20 team is really strong. I love it. Um, one thing I will say, I remember in our, pre, in our pre-show, I was talking about the defense and who was going to play where, only having – uh, really three center backs for the entire tournament, how they even, he basically got the job done, you know, the whole tournament, you know, he was impressive defensively, I thought, and even sometimes going forward, but I just wanted to say the whole defense I had, you know, Cuervas, how was he going to look? Allen, it just was, I had some questions. I just wanted to see what it looked like. And I was very impressed with the entire defense, including Chris, Chris Brady. Yeah. I think for me, I, I was, I was most impressed from a defensive standpoint with the center backs. I mean, obviously we've touched on, on Brandon Craig, but I thought Jalen Neal had a brilliant tournament too. He just seems to me like one of the highest soccer IQ players we've got out there. He reminds me, and I think I said this to you after one of the games, he's obviously not this good, but he reminds me just the way he plays the game of Virgil van Dijk. Just, he seems so calm constantly. I, I know you're shaking your head because of the whole Chelsea Liverpool thing, but like, come on, and tell me I'm wrong. Like, he seems he just plays the game so calmly. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like him as well. I, I, I'm a, a huge fan of Jalen Neal, and um, he looks shorter on the TV, but he's actually pretty big. I will say that they're deceivingly kind of small on the TV. But, um, but no, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I wouldn't compare him maybe to Virgil, but you know, your own opinion. I want to hear somebody on this roster, though, that you were most surprised by just want to hear one player maybe you were surprised by mm. i think coming into this i would have been diego luna uh but since we've talked about luna a little bit i'll give you another one that i was pleasantly surprised by and that would be alejandro alvarado jr i thought he had a fantastic tournament um look alvarado jr was one of the only players to i think if not the only u20 player that is not Portuguese to get minutes in the Portuguese first division last year. And, and that really showed it came out in this tournament. Um, he controlled the midfield. It seemed like every time he was out there, whether that was through his passing ability, his, his ability to, you know, maintain the ball, maintain the tempo of the game, 
always seemed like he knew where the next pass was going to go before it came to him and just felt like he kind of bossed the midfielder. And I, I think Alvarado Jr. is a player to really watch out for in the future, whether that's, you know, with the senior team or not. I, I think he showed that he may or may not be a level above a lot of those other dual eights in this roster. I mean, and I thought some of the other dual eights were great too, but I, I thought Alvarado Jr. was a very pleasant surprise. What about you? Who'd you, who'd you like? I will say, though, Alvarado, very strong, loved his entire tournament. Saw someone tweet out, oh, he needs to be looked at for the U.S. men's national team. They're damn right about saying, um, how about the guy right in front of him? Let's not forget that there's actually an American at Vizela, his club, who's an eight, who's starting. So as much as we're high on him, there's a guy actually, there's an American at his club that we should be looking at too more often, in my opinion. But I just think that should be everywhere. But yeah, but I, I yeah. Who do you got, though? Who, who a player you I was surprised by, and I guess similar to you, mainly a lot because I also didn't know too much about him, was Rokas Puskas. Puskas, if I pronounce his last name correctly. Um, but I, you know, there's a real potential there in a, in a destroyer of a, of a six, uh, someone who's actually good on the ball also as well. Sometimes I really just was interested to see how he played. He surprised me in moments of, you know, he's definitely a guy that he, Mikey was relying on at times uh, in that position. And I just, I was happily, you know, pleasantly surprised with his performances at times. Yeah, no, I, I think Pusas was good. Um, better in the air than I would have thought. He's got, I know he scored one header against um, St. Kitts and Nevis, which, I mean, you know, for whatever that counts. But He's a strong boy. He looks kind of strong. He's built. Yeah, it felt like he was he was pretty physically dominant there. But a bit of a different style of six to maybe a Tyler Adams. He's got that, got that little destroyer boy in him a little bit, but definitely showed a bigger passing range, I thought, too, at times. Um, I don't know. I liked having both a guy like him here and a guy like Daniel Edelman there, who is is almost in the exact mold of the classic, you know, Red Bull, Red Bull, NY, NY Red Bulls, or even like the upper Red Bull systems, Destroyer Six that, you know, basically offset Tyler Adams mold. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with the Edelman all tournament, but I, I like the skill set that he brings. So, yeah, it was nice to have both of those guys there. Like, that's what I'm saying. But. Yeah, and I will say, you know, this entire tournament was super strong um, from the beginning to the finish. I really enjoyed, you know, a dominating final. Honduras in a tough environment. Is there anyone else in this tournament? You know, I'm just, it's, it was such a strong tournament that you want to really highlight um, for their performance the entire tournament long, or maybe for one or two moments or whatever, just wrapping up a little bit of your highlight in players on, you know, on this roster for this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, all these guys I thought were, uh, look, when you win a tournament as comprehensively as, as, every, as we did, like it, you're not going to find, you're going to find highlights, I think from, from every player, but I think we hit most of the consistently top, top guys. Um, maybe you could throw Mauricio Cuevas in there as a guy who, who I think definitely grew into his own as the tournament progressed and, and had a very good last couple of games. Um, I thought was middling in the first couple of games, but, but definitely grew into this system, grew into the tournament, but. You know who looked good? Caden. I thought Caden looked Kaden good. Caden Clark? I thought he had moments. Um, I Look, I think Caden Clark looked good for being played out of position. That was my one issue with this setup as a whole, right? Is that, like, as much as, as this was kind of a breath of fresh air from U.S. soccer and, like, the typical way we play, it felt like we were still playing with, like, oh, a lot of times the creative players, your, your most creative players are being played on, like, the wings instead of through the center. Um, guys like, you know, Caden Clark or even Pax and Aronson to a degree sometimes not being played maybe in their natural positions as where they'd be most successful. So I think, you know, Caden was, Caden Clark was good for where he was played. I think, I don't know. You, you, 
Would you like Caden to this tournament? No, I just like you said, I saw moments there with him. I, I, I saw him I saw parts and pieces of the player I thought he was before when you know when making this Leipzig move and then but you know things have gone crazy for him now coming back to Red Bulls and but now picking it back up with Red Bulls, it's just been all over. So I was happy to see him come here and moments see him playing well and look like the player I think can go to Leipzig uh, and actually do something. But I'd love to hear and talk a little bit about what this whole tournament means and, and you know what this does for us youth soccer in the future and coming up what exactly do we get from this now i mean we get a lot if you ask me i i know a lot of people don't put a lot of value on some of these youth tournaments and look to a degree yeah i don't really care that we won this tournament i mean it's great to have the camaraderie and, and great to have these guys you know pick up that trip together and, I'm, and i know that it means a lot to all those boys out there and 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 I'm so proud of those kids for, for doing what they did out there. But the main thing in this tournament was obviously not the final. It was making it there. Um, two qualification tournaments built into this tournament and, and both qualifying for the U20 World Cup next year and the 2020, whatever that's going to be, Olympics in Paris, the next Olympics, next summer Olympics in Paris. That was the big one. That was the big one. Look, we put 12 years of Olympic failure behind us this tournament. And, and that's bigger than I think a lot of people give it credit for. And, and I would love to hear your thoughts about that too. You know, obviously ecstatic to be back into the Olympics. Uh, should it have taken this long? No. You know, that's embarrassing. And you're correct. It was a failure. It wasn't just that we missed it. It's been a failure for the last 12 years to not make the, the Olympics. Um, but to see us finally get back in it and make it and, and win that semifinal game to, to secure that was huge. So I'm super happy to see that in terms of the Olympics. You see that in the U20 World Cup. These are just such great opportunities. Like I told you before, these tournaments, they are opportunities for youth players to just get someone overseas to see them and call them and see their success. And there will be players from this tournament that will do that. Then there will be even different players, maybe some of the same that do it in Indonesia next year. And then the next one for 2024. They talked about how this, um, this tournament, you know, is giving a lot of opportunities to uh, players who had their cycles already taken away due to COVID uh, with O1s and O2s. A lot of them were, you know, were pushed away with this. So having 2024 being a U23 tournament opens the doors for other players is all I'm saying as well. Um, and these are just huge youth because now there's going to be camps. Mikey Barra said there's going to be camps all throughout the fall. So um, it just really grows the opportunity for the youth scene. So many players can be called in, seen and, you know, scouted and whatnot. It's huge. It's huge for the future. Right. And can we talk about how big of a, a potential recruiting opportunity this is for dual nationals as well? Especially given, you know, the failures of both Canada and Mexico in this very same tournament. No U20 World Cup for either Canada or Mexico, and therefore no World Cup or and no Olympics for either Canada or Mexico. This is a massive opportunity for, for guys if we value them as a program, right? If, if the U.S. If US soccer values guys potentially like Jonathan Gomez, who could have been here, or guys like Luca Koshelno, or the, who's the, the Canadian-American guy, Koshelno? I don't know how yeah, to say his Koshelno, name. Yeah, Koshelno, yeah. Also Antonio Leone for Mexico. I don't think we're getting Tony Leone, dude. I, I would love it. I love it. I, I would no, love I'm just saying that's, a, that's another player who like right. now can, now is doesn't even have the opportunity to go to the World Cup with Mexico. Does he go, you know, it's just not, he has no opportunity with Mexico and still an opportunity with us. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's massive. It's, it's, it's potentially massive for guys like this to 
to be able to, it, it's just another pulling point. It's another pulling point to not only go to these tournaments and have a chance to do well and have a chance to get that exposure that you wouldn't get potentially with say, you know, the Canadian youth team or the Mexican youth team at this point, but also to build camaraderie with, with the guys who you're going to be in that cycle with, with the guys you're going to be coming up with and eventually hoping to get to maybe the senior team with. So yeah, great opportunity for that. And for me, the Olympics is, is one of the two opportunities that U S soccer has to kind of put soccer in front of the mainstream American audience the, the you know, the American that doesn't really know much about soccer, but is going to watch the Olympics because, you know, Americans going to watch the Olympics. And so it's a massive opportunity to, to, to put it in front of those people and maybe get some new fans and new exposure. It's massive for MLS. It's massive for, for us soccer, right? Like the, it is massive. I will say the 2024 Paris Olympics uh, roster is probably going to be so different than anything that this roster looks like. I mean, there could be 15 year olds right now playing in the U 16 cup that in two years are 17. And we're like, Oh shit, we're calling him up actually. Um, but yeah, it's massive for the entire youth spectrum. Cause there's just so many now players, both dual nests and just youth us players who are maybe even younger um, who this gives an opportunity to, you know, for camps, for, for, for the tournaments themselves. Um, so love to see that in the, in that aspect. I love that you brought up the fact that there's, you know, obviously there's going to be different. And, and I know that, you know, it's going to be different both for the, for the 2024 or the 2023 youth U 20 world cup. Well, there's a lot of twenties in that 2023 U 20 world cup. That, that was a little mouthful uh, between that. And then the Olympics, or, you know, people making calls to, to the senior team right now to, to potentially get on the play to guitar in the 2026. There's a lot of soccer coming up in these next couple of years. Let me ask you, Samir, are any of these guys, and I, I mean, it's such a tough question, right? And this is, I think, one of the reasons why we haven't really focused on negatives of this, because they're 18, 17, 16 in some cases. Like, you can't really do this much planning, but given what you saw, especially based on skill sets, because I know that's what we talk a lot about here, on, on, on skill sets. Any guys that you think have a strong candidacy to not make it to the, the 2022 World Cup, but to really stake their claim to be the next in line to, to maybe get some senior team call-ups? Anybody you think is approaching that level right now from this roster? Yeah, I, I mean, I say Alvarado. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. Um, you know, if he continues his development and gets a little stronger and bigger for sure, that's one player to think of. Um, I think probably... Daniel Edelman is, is someone who could easily, these are guys who really do like I see scheme fits. You know, there's obviously players like Paxson who I think will reach the capability, but not as much of a perfect scheme fit as maybe some of the other players will, but really Alvarado um, is the, my main one who I could really see push, you know, soon. And also Cuervas. Yeah, I think that's it. I think Alvarado in terms of skill set, absolutely. Cuervas, Cuervas is, is one that I think could maybe make that push based on, Mostly us not having a, a backup right back at the moment um, and, and exactly. us not having any sort of outside depth. And that being, am I wrong also in saying that, you know, I think that Cuevas was one of the only fullbacks that really impressed this tournament. I wasn't captain, you know, too. Yeah, impressive. exactly. Exactly. And, and I wasn't particularly, I don't know. I wasn't particularly impressed with, with either Noah Allen or Michael Halliday. Um, but look, Cuevas. Yeah. I, I think just simply based on the position that he plays could be there. I think Jalen Neal is a guy um, just in terms of the sheer composure that composure that he brings it, it. He strikes me as a guy who could, could play with play with guys, his senior and not look out of place. Uh, I, I think Brandon Craig 
may have that ball technical ability, but I worry about Brandon Craig's physicality at a higher level. He needs to grow into his body a little bit more, I think. But I don't know. Anybody else you're thinking? I think Quinn could. If he starts continuing with this, you know, goal and assist production, because he's not, you know, the most technical player in the world, but if he can get this type of goal and assist production and be that dangerous going forward and just a total, you know, animal, basically sometimes, and actually have some finesse with his shooting, um, I think he's a player that could could get a call up and be in a position to be an outsider, you know, an outsider or backup outside, backup wing. Sorry. Could be. I, Quinn, Quinn was, Quinn's a weird one to me because obviously you put up the, you know, what was it? You know, five goals, no, seven goals and, and a couple of assists, something like that. Six goals and some assists. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know. And, and obviously Quinn had a great tournament. Quinn Sullivan had a great tournament. And I, I, I do like Quinn Sullivan as a player. I like what he potentially brings, but he's a weird one to me. I, I struggle sometimes to find like one thing that Quinn Sullivan does well. Like he does a lot of things very good. I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, and that's what we'll have to see is where does he develop into like what's his strongest suit. But if his goal and assist production is this strong, like if that's the type of player he is, then I'm saying like it may be warranted of a call up at some point because he seems like a player who could probably do that, do this in the MLS as well, uh, is my opinion. Yeah, and 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 you know, maybe that's maybe that's what we're looking at. Um I don't know. I, I think look, there's no way. To, to really say this other than this is a, this is an awesome tournament for these boys and and i'm so proud of the way these boys played this tournament i'm, I'm happy with what the soccer looked like i'm happy with the outcome i i just it's it's a great great opportunity for these kids in the future and and there's a lot to look forward to here every single player i thought i thought um was awesome uh you know, you go down to the Jackson Hopkins who gets the assist in the, you know, the first assist, a player who was called in late to the, you know, most flashiest players, Diego Luna. Like it, it was Michael Holiday, even if you don't, you know, love him. I'm just from top to bottom, most skillful, most not skillful, whatever you want to name him, call him. Everyone was so strong. Uh, this team was so strong. It was so fun to watch, like I already said. Um, you know, getting this tournament win and qualifying for those two things is massive and love to see it with this team. It was awesome. Was there anybody, and not to go back to a negative, I, just because we never really talked about it, was there anybody, not necessarily that you didn't like? Because, again, these kids are, are 18 years old. That's it, hard to, you can't obviously can't write anybody off at this level. Was there, was there anybody that you kind of left this tournament wanting to see more from? I have a handful of maybe guys that, that didn't, for whatever reason, kind of live up to, to some of your expectations. You're saying see more from in terms of like they excite me or see more from in terms of like maybe they didn't do too well this tournament. This we'll start with the second one. I think actually both of those are 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 good questions, but we'll start with the second one of, of guys you kind of would have liked to see a little bit more from, would have liked to see perform a little bit better that you know, maybe maybe a guy you're high on. I'll give you an example, kind of then you can bounce off me. I, I think one of one of my examples when I go to a guy that I would have liked to see a little bit more from this tournament um, is Obed Vargas. I know he he got there late and only showed up for the uh, for the knockout rounds and, and really didn't feature too, too much after that. And really, I don't blame Mikey Varis for, for not playing Obed. I think his, he, he wasn't really necessary in any of the games and, and maybe didn't have that time to gel, but look, I think as, as much as we've seen from Obed, uh, this season with Seattle, I, I would have liked to maybe see him come to this tournament and, and, and stamp a little bit, imp- stamp a little bit of an impact on this U20 scene. I we didn't see that so much. Yeah, I mean, did he play at all? 
Did he did he play in that in that one match? Or he got I a couple. He I think he got a couple substitute appearances against Costa Rica and and Honduras. Oh, okay. Um, I just forgot. Well, he's just a player I've really enjoyed with Seattle. So seeing him play here, I'm I was I was confident that he would have been strong and would have taken over this tournament and probably been one of the starters uh, in that position. So not seeing him, yeah, makes me think I want to see him more. I guess a player who I wasn't too impressed with with the kind of limited time was Tyler Wolf. I mean, he didn't seem to be too impactful for this team. Um, so, you know, for as high of a prospect as some people, I guess, view him, would have liked to have seen more from him. Maybe there'll be more chances, though, in the future. Yeah, maybe. I, th- I think that the the number nine position, and similar to the senior team a little bit, was something that that I still left this camp kind of questioning and, and saying, okay, there really isn't a guy who's developed as that the pure number nine, that goal scorer. Uh, you know, maybe that's a Quinn Sullivan job in the future because clearly he seems to have that knack for it. Um, and I'm not terribly impressed with his like wing play. So maybe that's a Quinn Sullivan job, you know, to be that kind of guy in the box at Fox, the box poacher. You know, he, he started there a couple games, but yeah, Tyler Wolf definitely. Maybe they'll have just... a strike. They'll have a striker come 2023. Hopefully Christian Fletcher will do something or something. I don't know. Or Malik Sanago is he a forward to hopefully they get a striker. Who's that? Uh, the Guatemalan Guatemalan American striker. Ordinez, Ordinez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ordonez, yeah, exactly. He might come Ordonez. through. He's the guy who I think cut it on something here too. But yeah, Tyler Wolf would have liked to see more from him. And I think lastly, if I were to, to give one for me, I and mean, that's pretty much it, uh, Cade Cowell. I don't want to be too harsh on Cade Cowell. Yeah. Think, the guy in suspension. Well, no, it, it's not even just that. I, 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 the suspension was nonsense. Um, I think, you know, this is a tournament that if you're Cade Cowell, you, you're probably the guy in this in this roster with the most professional time, the most professional experience, most professional minutes at this, at this level, I want to see you come here and dominate. And, and not to say that, you know, Cade Cal had a bad tournament. I didn't think he had a bad tournament, um, but he didn't impress, I think, as much as I would have maybe liked to see him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cade? Yeah, I mean, we saw how strongly of a player he was in transition. He's a, you know, a freak athlete with speed and physicality. Um, I think, you know, who knows if he played this, those last two games, three games, and he played and he scored three goals, we'd probably not be talking differently about him. Uh, but because he got four games and looked good in like two of them in terms of transition moments, but was a little bit, um, I mean, I don't want to use the word useless, but that's just the only word I can think of uh, in terms of like building. You know, His strong suit abilities. is not, yeah, I know what you mean. His strong suit is not breaking down a low block and it's not yeah, breaking down a low block is not his strong suit so when that was happening that was the no-go but in transition he was a phenomenal player phenomenal. yeah um look i think that's that's kind of a great recap of, of everything we've got going on so far i know we ended it on a negative here unfortunately but like we can always jump back to the positive and say hey we're, we're concacaf u20 chance right now where we're all for all intents and purposes concacaf senior team champs I mean, hey, the last two trophies that have been on offer, we've taken them. I don't care what Canada wants to say about finishing first World Cup qualifying. Yeah, you can only, you can only, you can only do uh, it's a pass. I think World Cup qualifying is a pass fail. You know what I mean? You can't you can't score higher on a pass fail test than somebody else. That's a good that's a good metaphor. But uh, what's it called? Um, I will say, watch MLS, everybody. You know, it's it's back on. It's looking good. There's a lot of good games this weekend. There's actually games going on right now. I think DC United's playing, probably losing three nothing. If I had to bet, but, um, <laughs> having fun at the basement yeah. there for DC United, aren't you, bud? It's this, it, you know, they'll be back. 
they'll be back. They'll be back stronger. Don't worry. I have, I have, I have full confidence in DC United. But I was just saying, watch MLS. It's, it's back and it's better, boys. It is. It is. MLS is going strong. Uh, a lot of big deals moving happening in, in MLS too, in terms of the NFT rights deals and things like that. Hopefully, MLS is going to be uh, back. I feel like we're always saying MLS is back, but MLS is actually back in terms of action right now. Absolutely. Um, we'll be back in action too, hopefully soon. To uh, if if not next week, week after. DC's up to nothing. Oh boy. Without Moses Nyman, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. What happened to Moses Nyman? That that's a different conversation for another day. But um, yeah, no, we'll be back. We'll be back soon too. And I, I know the next episode we're gonna try to do is uh, is gonna be a, a bit of a transfer episode. We alluded to it earlier this uh, this episode, but hopefully by the recording of an episode next episode, we'll have a lot of transfers confirmed. And we'll be able to talk a little bit about some hypothetical transfers. Um, some guys that I know we all want to see get their club situation sorted this summer. Maybe some clubs we'd like to see them move to, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the, the OTB lads do their best work and we can just make stuff up and have fun with it too. So that'll, that'll be a good episode next coming out. But Sumer, anything else you want to add about the U20s, about, about US soccer before we hang it up for the night? No, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm chilling. But uh, yeah, excited to, to talk some transfers next week and uh continue with you know some mls and just love the rumors you know every day it's wake up and see what the rumors are so we'll talk about it next week well that's going to do us here do it for us here at over the bar thank you all so much for joining us and listening to the podcast today make sure you guys leave us if you could leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts whether that's apple music spotify those five-star reviews really help uh help us get the podcast out to more people and i know you guys really like hearing us too so help us get those podcasts out to more people if you could follow us on twitter at otb underscore pod official and thank you all so much for joining us we will see you next week see you boys